to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you Hello and welcome to On the Front Porch with us, your regular Disney podcast. I'm Tony Pascal. I'm Josh Whitehead, and thank you so much for being with us. You know, welcome. We we appreciate you listening. And Tony, I think that this is going to be a pretty exciting one, considering after all that they call you Two Take Tony. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what everybody calls you. Everyone calls me that. Everyone, I, <laughs> Tony. I've been calling you that since birth. Uh, <laughs> So yeah. two take Tony. Yeah, two to take Tony. This is our, our second time recording this, guys. That's why. But we've got a really good one for you today. We're going to be doing Emperor's New Groove, the movie from the year 2000. And I think it's really, really funny. This is like one of the funnier Disney movies, I think, for me. Yeah. So this is like, in context, this is the second film. So like this is like the second or third film to come after like what we consider to be the Disney Renaissance, which goes from Little Mermaid, most people end it at Tarzan. So we are like leaving that time period and we're starting sort of like what a lot of people consider like a downturn in the quality of movies. Uh, so this is like not Broadway quality Disney film. But I agree with you that it is super interesting and it is like one of the most fun movies. I don't know if necessarily it's the funniest but it's, like, intentionally fun. Yeah, and, like, it. the other thing is that it does have a lot of comedians in it. It's a very comedian-heavy cast. The difference between this and, for example, like, when we did uh, Big Hero 6, that was a very comedian-heavy cast as well. The difference is that this one is more of, like, a light-hearted, comedy-based movie versus, like, Big Hero 6 that had a lot of comedians in it and had funny moments, but it was, like, still a, a feel-good kind of action disney movie kind of thing this one's a little bit different in that way and i i think that it's it's in its own it's in its own lane within disney yeah definitely i agree okay so Uh, tony i know you had um you had an issue with this movie in terms of like casting yeah i was good about to say so like lots of comedians i don't dislike any of the comedians i think that it's a funny movie uh but we're talking about like a Mesoamerican culture pre-Columbia, Colombian days. So, like, it's sort of like, uh, in the film, it seems to be sort of a mix of Incan Aztec, sort of like, maybe maybe a little bit of Mayan sort of influences, but it's, like, based on this, but all of the characters are white. Like, every single actor and actress. Yeah. Uh, so we have this, like, problem where we're not, where we're, we have, like, white actors playing an all-person-of-color Hispanic, native, Hispanic, yeah, sort of. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Incan is is the origin because Cusco uh, is the or was the capital of the Incan Empire. So, yeah, um, they they just kind of like throw a little bit of uh, they kind of meld them all together. Yeah, uh, like a few like in style, I guess. Yeah, because um, it's like it's like this imaginary sort of place. But uh, I think like if it was made today, it would have a lot of like people of hispanic heritage like they 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 are disney's better about thinking through that kind of thing now uh and i'm sure they got like blowback when this came out too yeah absolutely and i i think that you're right in that we do have a lot of white actors playing playing the basically every role in this movie you know it's main character is david spade you've got john goodman playing pacha you've got patrick warburton 
Eartha Kitt, Wendy Malick. So like these these characters really are should should have been like considered for for other uh, or for like Hispanic actors, but I think that they they just didn't give it any thought to be honest with you. Yeah. So uh, that's like my biggest gripe with this film. I enjoy this film. I think that like. I, like I said at the beginning, it's sort of fun. It, it's very reminiscent. We've talked about this and sort of like uh, feel this way independently when we're watching it. It feels like the Muppets a little bit. Yeah. It's got like that breaking the fourth wall feel to it, like uh, very like meta humor. Yes. Uh, and I think that's <laughs> definitely something that uh, I know we'll touch on again. Yeah. It's It makes the movie fun in a different way that like than most Disney films. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And and again, we'll we'll start talking about like the the meta aspects of this movie in a little bit. But yeah, I I mean, I agree. So, usually at this point, we would we would go to trivia. Trivia? Yeah. Was I supposed to get the trivia? Do do you have trivia? Trivia for the for the podcast? The podcast trivia, the the trivia that we do together on the podcast, the the trivia that was supposed to be gathered specifically for the podcast? Yes. That trivia. That trivia? <laughs> yes. Yes. The podcast trivia. Yes. I, I do have I have that. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, do I need the trivia? I don't I don't have any trivia. <laughs> no, I've got it. Uh so okay. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we already went through the the cast list that's pretty great it was uh, directed by mark dindle and i've got some some pretty interesting things from this movie in terms of trivia so first patrick warburton hilarious gotta love patrick warburton he in the scene where uh, he played Kronk, of course he in the scene where he's going down the stairs with Cusco on his back in a bag uh and he's like doing the the humming like the that whole deal um He's going down the stairs, and he improved uh, all of that song. And so Disney later made him sign over the legal rights to the composition, which I think is really, really funny. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Chicha, Chicha is the first pregnant woman to appear in a Disney animated feature film, which is awesome. I was surprised. That was pretty cool. Yeah, like, I was really surprised that that had never been done before. But I guess, like, looking back... It, You've never seen a pregnant woman. In the scene where Pacha is carrying Cusco through the woods, they discussing they discuss him having uh, low blood sugar. And that's funny because John Goodman is like making a joke at David Spade's expense because in real life, David, David Spade is hypoglycemic. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's kind of like a little funny thing that <laughs> they were messing with each other. Makers when they were doing um, the compositions for this movie, uh, they wanted Sting to sing My Funny, My Funny Friend and Me. Uh, he did write the music for the movie, but uh, he didn't sing any of it. They wanted Sting to sing. He told them that he didn't want to do it because he felt that he was too old and they needed someone more hip and young. So they ended up going with Tom Jones, who's 11 years older than Sting, to sing the intro song. Nice. <laughs> so, um... The I've got two more for you. Chimp, the chimp and bug cutaway, where like in the beginning of the movie you like it zooms way out and we see this chimp eating like a bug on a branch, and Kuzco's like, "What the hell's this?" And then we zoom back in. Yeah. 
that's a throwback to the movie Citizen Kane. There's, it's like one of the introductory scenes in Citizen Kane of like a monkey eating a bug on a branch. So that's kind of cool. And then the last thing I have is kind of a, a, a little story to tell you. And that's that this movie wasn't supposed to be like this. It was supposed to be very, very different. So they began working on this several years before beforehand. It was supposed to be a Disney musical called The Kingdom of the Sun. And it was supposed to be directed by Roger Allers, the person who directed Lion King, and Mark Dindle, the person who did end up doing it. And he also directed Cats Don't Dance. Which is an awful non-Disney movie. It's It's really bad. It's not a Disney movie, but I like it. I loved it. You kidding me? I love Cats Don't Dance. Wait, have you seen it as an adult, though? Yes, I have. And it's it's like... It's awful. I, I enjoy it. Go watch Cats Don't Dance, you guys. Don't do it. Uh, so, and it had six original songs written by Sting, and the majority of those were kept for this movie, or at least the the intro one was. I was going to say the majority. There's only one. Yeah, well, like, right? they, they kept the, the music. Uh, they didn't keep any, like, the, the lyrical stuff, but they kept the, uh, the music. Oh, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So that movie, the, the Kingdom of the Sun, was originally supposed to be an Incan retelling of The Prince and the Pauper. David Spade was supposed to play the voice of Manco, the emperor. Owen Wilson was supposed to play Pacha, and he was supposed to be, like, a young peasant that was looked a lot like Manco, the emperor, and Eartha Kitt was supposed to play Yzma. She still played Yzma later. And so the film was basically about Manco and Pacha switching places, except that Yzma finds out and turns Manco into a non-speaking llama. And Pacha has to do her bidding. Pacha also eventually falls in love with Nina, who is supposed to be voiced by Carla Gugino, who is who is betrothed to the emperor. And then the, the production uh, testing resulted very very poorly with the people and so it was suspended even though the film was already over halfway done with production which is crazy they lost a lot of money in that regard but uh, animator andreas deja left the project and moved to orlando to work on lilo and stitch 2002 and during the production hiatus dindle and producer randy fulmer completely overhauled the film they threw away owen wilson they threw away the prince of the popper angle the completed footage, and all but one of Sting's songs, uh, or at least the lyrical side of them. And as a result, they basically, they felt like nothing was working anymore. So after more poor feedback, they just ended up scrapping the whole thing. And by the summer of 1998, it was scrapped. They said it was not going to release in summer of 2000. And the other half of this is that a lot of the people that were working on this movie were also working on Fantasia 2000, which was a much bigger deal for for Disney. Yeah. And since this one was doing so low in terms of, like, testing, they just sort of gave up on it and, like, we're going to go work on Rhapsody in Blue for uh, Fantasia 2000. Right, right, right. Which was actually 1999. But that that sort of took the, the primary of, like, what was going on. So... As a result, we have the film that we have today. They, they built a new uh, story from the ground up with a wackier version of Manko as a talking llama and two new characters being Pacha, who is now a middle-aged man, played by John Goodman, and Kronk, who was not even in the original story. So, like, there's, there's some interesting things that could have been. The other thing that could have been is that Yz- or not Yzma, uh, yeah, Yzma was supposed to be uh or was at least considered to be played by barbara streisand 
beforehand, which is like really interesting to me because that'd be pretty funny. That'd be pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Anyway, so that's a little bit of backstory for you of what happened. And the result is a really, really funny movie. Like I, I have trouble seeing this as anything other than a comedy, but if you I, like seeing it as like a Broadway style musical doesn't really work for me in my head, you know? Yeah. But I wonder how much we can attribute like the end of the Renaissance era to this changing from a Broadway style musical away from that. Right. Cause Tarzan came out in 99 and this was supposed to be a Broadway to come out 2000 and it didn't. Yeah. And then like, and then nothing did, nothing was like that. We had like chicken little and like, yeah. uh, home on the range and all of these and like brother bear and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah. All of these films that sort of followed, from this Lilo and Stitch was great yeah but it but wasn't also, a musical like, diverse yeah. yeah and you're right and so we did see I think this was the moment where things changed and we saw kind of a, a divergence from what Disney Renaissance was and I think it's okay like this movie it, it may have led to some that are a little bit lower on the Disney totem pole in terms of like quality but I think that this one itself didn't necessarily fall into that category for me because it is still a really, really funny movie. It is funny. It is super fun. Yeah. So let's, let's jump into it. Yeah, for sure. So what we'll do, have you do real fast is go watch this movie, please. I'm begging you. Please go watch it. Press pause <laughs> and pause. Cusco. What's his name? Cusco. All right. So we're back. And you totally paused the, the podcast. I know you did. I have so much faith in you. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> did you? I haven't told you this. <laughs> I don't think. What's up? I totally didn't pause the episode that you guys did for uh, the robot. The, the Big Hero Big 6? Hero 6. No, I didn't pause it. What? No, I just watched the movie. <laughs> Tony? I, mean, I didn't watch the movie. I just, like, I just listened to the podcast. Tony? I know. What the hell, man? I uh, didn't have access to it. Just, uh, I actually tried. I really did. I went to like Redbox and everything, and they only had it in Blu-ray, it's and I don't have Netflix. a Blu-ray player. No, it wasn't. Yes, it is. No. Dude. Okay. Is it really? Yes, it's on Netflix. Shit. <laughs> okay, whatever. So hopefully you stopped and watched the movie. Because that is the best method of enjoying this podcast. And if you didn't, <laughs> then I know. I know. Okay? I know. I'm, Josh is well aware who each of, uh, each of you are. I, I, I know who you are, and I'm outside your house right now. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just as uh, to remind you, because I don't think we've, we've cussed yet in, in this podcast episode this is more on the adult side so if you're a child maybe uh maybe go go back to sleep and um and i don't know do what children do eat chocolate do children eat chocolate what do children do uh sure yeah <laughs> go, go eat some chocolate and drink some milk and cookies there's these new cheeto uh like cheeto popcorn things that what? children eat yeah oh man oh oh Diverging for a second. Did you hear that they have new, uh, they've got new Lay's potato chip flavors? No. Yeah. Like what? Oh man, I don't even remember, but one of them sounded really, really good. It was like garlic aioli or something like that. 
Ooh. Yeah. When I was in uh, Canada, they had poutine flavored uh, Lay's potato chips. It and that just was tasted weird. like gravy? It just like, tastes like gravy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds really gross. Just gravy flavored <laughs> potato chips. Uh, so, wait, are we allowed to say fuck yet? I don't. Okay, yeah. Hey, kids, we're, we're about to say fuck, so if you're going to turn off the, the episode, <laughs> you should do that before we say fuck. So, uh, yeah, do, do that first. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Tony. Oh, my God. They probably paused. All right. <laughs> All right, fuck. Okay, so. excellent. <laughs> um, so, moving on to the movie now. <laughs> so, Tony, do you pick up any major themes from this movie? Uh, yeah, my major theme was, like, don't fuck with squirrels. Yeah. Squirrels are assholes. Squirrels are assholes. Did we, like, did we tell we, about my, my thing with squirrels? Is that something we've already done? Yeah, we did. We, uh, we did it, like, maybe the fourth episode. If you want to hear the story about Josh and squirrels... No, it's the Mother's Day special. It's the Mother's Day special. Hmm, I don't know. I think it is. Go, go listen to the Mother's, Day, it was, Mother's Day special. I thought we did it with, uh, in regards to Donald Duck. We watched that Donald Duck... And the chipmunks? Maybe. I think we went further into it in the Mother's Day special. All right. Anyway, so... Moral of the story. Uh, yeah. Moral of the story is that Josh squirrels are squirrels. assholes. And they are vengeful, vengeful beasts. Like, they're like crows. They, uh... They, they, they remember when you do things to them. They're like crows. They are. Crows remember when you do stuff to them. Like, if you harass a crow... They, like, actually are able to memorize faces. And so, like, they, they'll continue to, to follow you or remember you. So if you go back to the same spot and see the same crow, that crow will attack you. Fuck. Yeah. Don't mess with squirrels either. Or crows. Yeah. Squirrels are like crows. I don't know if squirrels are actually the same that they actually remember, but I like to think that they do because they're assholes. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, that's a pretty good theme, I think. The, the main themes that I picked up is that, A... This movie is super meta. This movie is so meta, Tony. Like, yeah. so very incredibly meta. We probably, like, the most meta Disney movie. Other than, like, The Muppets, like you said. One of the, the other ones that we talk about in regards yeah. to the style in this movie is The Muppets. And hopefully we'll do The Muppets here in the near future because I really want to do that. But the, the style, especially here in the beginning, we see, like, Baby Kuzco... And, like, Kuzco is also the one that's telling the story. He's the narrator as well. So I think that's really interesting and something very unique to to this particular movie. Yeah. We learn right off the bat that, like, baby Kuzco... So we... Well, okay, so we see the narrator narrating that he used to be a llama. That's cool. So, like, we're already like, what the hell? He's going to turn into a llama. But we see this baby... Baby Kuzco, super cute getting super pampered, and then he's, like, super pampered as an adult. And, like, so we're starting with this Prince and a Pauper thing. Yeah. But just seeing how crazy awesome, like, how crazy life the Prince has. Yeah. But And the, the other thing I want to say before we get too much into that is that I really enjoy this narration style for a number of reasons. If nothing else, it's, it's just really interesting and funny. But the other, yeah. the other side of that is that I really like the, the way we can backtrack so easily with this style of narration because like we we see we start in the beginning of the movie and it's just as simple as saying let's go back and as a comedy tool we can go all the way back to him as a kid and he's like no 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 let's not go back that far and so it's almost like he's got a remote you know he's like as a narrator he's like we're gonna look at my past and see how we got to this specific point i think it's a really interesting tool yeah 
Also, Baby Cusco is cute. Oh my god, he's so freaking cute. Uh, <laughs> he's just got those big cheeks, just pinchable cheeks. So, Do you generally pinch babies? I don't. I don't particularly like babies, but I, I think that that's something that people like to do for babies is pinch their cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like letting other people know that they should pinch his cheeks. Yes. Like, okay, cool, if cool, that's cool, something cool. you're into, then by all means. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I will say from the very beginning, you know, this whole introduction thing with Cusco, he has a vaguely llama look to him, if, if, you can, if you understand what I'm saying. Like, he, like, the hair kind of falls in a, in a very, like, trimmed pattern around his neck that looks almost mane-like. The, the, like, grass around his ankles, there's, like, a little thing around his ankle that kind of, like, shows down like a hoof. And then when they're doing, when they're doing, like, the, the Irish dancing, they're, like, the, I don't know what it's called. It's not a jig, is it? A jig? Whatever. When they're doing the dancing, he, like, clumps on the ground three times, like a horse or a llama in this case. So I think that it's, it's really interesting that they're already trying to show him to be llama-like in terms of, like, how he looks at the beginning. I think David Spade is a llama. Uh, like, the actor? He's just, yeah. he's a llama? Yeah. That's, I mean, like, do you have any, any like, proof to back it up? Because that's libel, man. I think, <laughs> I, think David, I think David Spade is a llama. Okay. Do, do, the truth is out there. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure that there is actually a website somewhere with proof. Yeah, I mean, do, do you have, like, Anything? Nope. All right. I just think that he's a llama. Okay. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm just going to leave it alone. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, he looks like a llama and moves like a llama. And we've got this awesome introduction song. I love this song so much. Tom Jones did a great job with it, even though he's older than Sting. And I, I thought it was great. You know, it's, it's a really catchy tune. A, a good old-fashioned jingle. Sure. And he's... Uh, he's getting, like, fed by, like, six women all at once. Like, he just lays there, and six different people are feeding him. It's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, just because. Because he's got money. Yeah. Got that got I that like catch. that intro song. It's a, good, it's a good feeling song. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. It makes you feel good. And, and, yeah. they, and I love that he's, like, dressed like Elvis, too. Like a tiny little Elvis. Uh, <laughs> like, like, Unfortunately. This is, like, the Incan version of, of Vegas. It feels like. Un- unfortunately, midway through the song, Piglet, the guy who plays Piglet, throws off the Emperor's groove. The groove! <laughs> and so he gets, Piglet gets thrown out the window, and it's real sad. Yeah. I, I read somewhere that this was the first time he ever voiced a, a human character. Uh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's true, but that, I read it somewhere. I don't remember if it was in the trivia or just something else. Huh. I think it's true, though, because, like, thinking back, I can't think of anything else where you voice a human. No, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, Piglet gets thrown out the thing because he threw off the groove, uh, and he's dangling from a, a flag, and Pacha comes up, and Pacha's like, hey, I've got this letter, and I need to see the thing, and the thing, thing, and the guard doesn't really care. He just sort of points him off and shows him to that way, and he meets, meets poor little old man Piglet, and pulls him out of the flag, and he's like, how long have you been up there? He, he threw off the Emperor's groove, 
Beware the groove. Beware the groove. The groove. groove. I, I think that's really funny. I got a kick out of that. Yzma and Kronk, we get to meet them for the first time, and Kronk's this, like, giant dumbass, and Yzma's, like, this, like, Cersei Lannister character on the on the throne. <laughs> yeah, terrifying beyond compare. Yeah, that's totally Yzma. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I've always... I never really thought about their relationship together until I rewatched it this time. And I've like, I've seen it There's as an adult, but I never really thought about it. So dating. They're totally dating. Well, like, I don't even think it's really considered dating at this point. Like he, she, Cusco says like Yzma every few years gets a new boy toy. Yeah. And this is the, the latest edition. And he's this, he, he's only like, he, uh, Cusco asks her like, how old is he? This one, like, in his 20s? And she's like, you know, I don't know. Cusco's really funny, too, the way he's asking. He's, like, <laughs> asking, like, like a co-worker about their new boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. Like, he's like, so, he seems nice. <laughs> <laughs> he seems nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, if he is in his 20s, like, he's, like, 22, then it seems really strange that he's with someone as old as Yzma. I, I'm pretty sure he's just a hunk of meat for her. Oh, yeah. Which means, and it's really nasty to think about, but they're, they're totally doing, like, old man and, or old lady and cronk sex. Oh, yeah. Which is super gross to think about. We'll link some to the Facebook page. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> so, I, I gotta say, I just want to take a moment. I love Kronk. I love Kronk so much in this movie. He's, he's a adorable, huge idiot. And the guy is just so cute. Yeah. And like, you can really see the, the awesome, the, the way that this relationship works between Patrick Warburton and David Spade, because the two of them work together all the time. They were in, uh, in, um, what's that show? What were they in together? They were in a show together. God, what is the llama show? No, it's not a llama show. David Spade isn't a fucking llama. Uh, <laughs> what is that show? It, I, whatever. Anyway, they're in a show. Rules of Engagement. There we go. They, oh, yeah. they were in Rules of Engagement together. And so, like, you can really tell that these two have a good chemistry. And Patrick Warburton, in general, is just a great voice actor. The guy, like, <laughs> I prefer his voice acting over his actual acting, even though they're all pretty much the same character. <laughs> yeah. Every character that Patrick Warburton plays is Kronk. In some form or like another. Even those commercials, he plays Kronk. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the one character. If you watch the new uh, series of Unfortunate Events, he's basically still just Kronk. <laughs> I did see the, the series of Unfortunate Events. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Lemony Snicket as Kronk. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, it's pretty great. So like we go down, the two of them go down together to, to little... Or actually, before they go down to the cave. Yzma gets fired. Yzma gets fired, and Cusco is, like, staring at this piece of lettuce in her teeth. <laughs> and, like, Just talking about how old she is. She's so old. Look at those bags under her eyes. They make a lot of jokes about how old Yzma I is. I love... And it's so, <laughs> it's so great, because a lot of the time... There's another scene in a minute that we'll get to that's just, like, full of them. But just all the time, they're constantly ripping on Yzma. <laughs> and it's just the greatest. Like, I really... And this is another unique tool that they use, is, like, fading out while one person is talking, while the other person so the is... the narrator can, like, only be, be the only one talking? Yeah. yeah. I love that. And so, like, in this particular scene, all we can hear is Kuzco thinking. But 
Yzma's totally still talking, and so like if you if you go back and listen, Yzma's just rambling about whatever, and it's not not especially funny. But later in the other scene that we're gonna get to, I recommend like just going back and listening to Kuzco when we get there. I'll I'll, I'll let you know. Anyway, they go down to the th- the the Yzma's lair, and they pull the lever, and she has for some reason she's got that lever. I don't even know why they have that lever. I don't know why they have that lever. Yeah, it's just a crocodile lever <laughs> for for when you need to get bitten by a crocodile. Anyway, they go down. They've got this awesome like roller coaster deal, and on in the entrance of the ride, I guess they say like you have to to be hype about it, and you've got a high five at the end. Those are the rules of this ride. <laughs> anyway, so they get to the bottom, and Isma's like smashing. Smashing heads, and there's. I love. Yeah, she th- says the line, "I practically raised him," and Kronk says, "You'd think he'd turn out better," <laughs> which is makes me laugh yeah. every time. And it's really funny that that's the way it worked out because, like, Isma's basically his mom. Like, Isma raised him as a little boy to to what he is now. I don't know, like twenty one, maybe. I. Fuck, fuck he's I eighteen. Know. They say they say on the eve of his eighteenth birthday. Oh, so he's eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So like she she's basically his mom, and he just fired her. <laughs> so yeah, I mean like, you can tell that their relationship is like complex because like the day he fires her, he goes to her house for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> like clearly they they are close. I think that's funny. Yeah. Anyway, so but like and you can see that he didn't turn out great because. I, I think because of her influence, which is the the funny thing with Kronk's line. So I, I got to say that I really, the whole thing with her, her plotting is really, really funny to me. And I, I don't know if we said it yet, but this is a very fast paced kind of humor in this movie. Yeah. And I think that boils like, down number to of David the Spade. Jokes per minute is like outrageous. Super fast. Yeah. And David Spade in general is a very fast paced humor. So like a lot of times, especially in this movie, you you might miss something. There was one line in particular where she's like, you know, I'm going to turn him into a flea. I'm going to mail him to myself. I'm going to have him delivered to my doorstep. I'm going to smash him with a hammer. Or to save on postage, we could poison him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a little thing, but it's so fast, and I laughed so hard. Or, like, <laughs> when she's like, uh, she hands Kronk the, the bottle of poison, and she's like, can you feel the power? And Kronk's like, oh. I feel it. <laughs> Can we talk about how... Okay, so, like, eventually they use the wrong poison to poison Cusco. Right. But the reason why they do that is because they have this, like, really poorly labeled poison. And she blames him... For, she blames uh, Kronk for, like, the for po- giving the wrong poison. But her poison bottles all look the same. Yeah. And the... The thing that looks like a llama also looks like a skull. This is like really bad lab lab procedures. This is like this is definitely not how you label things, especially poisons. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think ultimately, and and they go through the trouble of like getting in lab coats and goggles and gloves. Uh, yeah, and like it's, pulling it's their hair It's not like they back. don't care about lab safety. They just uh, aren't diligent uh, enough. Yeah, I think this. This story is more than anything else a story about proper lab procedure. I think so. Yeah. So that's a note to all you out there listening. 
make sure you label things correctly. Uh, Especially your essence of llama. Yes, because that's how essence of llama works. <laughs> it, it just <laughs> you, you get some llama blood and and swish it around in a glass, and then next thing, you, if you drink that, you turn into a llama. That's how it works. <laughs> so we we move on. They invite Cusco to dinner, and there's this line, and I don't know why it stuck with me for so long, but it did, and it's just a stupid little thing. But when Isma says. It's dinner time! I don't know, that. that's always stuck with me. So, like, there's, like, lightning behind her, yeah. and it's, like, like it's supposed to be scary, yeah. but it's dinner time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that always stuck with me. So, like, occasionally when it's time for dinner, I'll, like, I'll shout out, It's dinner time! And maybe one person will understand the reference. Others will be it's like... Me. I'm the, I'm the one who understands that. <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> so, I I personally, this this is a memorable scene for me. I actually also always say that sometimes. But I don't, like, when I say it, I forget what it's from. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, because I always <laughs> see the lightning. So I know exactly Sorry. what it's from. There's this really funny scene where uh, they're, they're doing the whole poison spiel, and one of the cactuses... Why doesn't he have a poison taster? I don't understand. What do you mean? Why doesn't he have somebody taste his food for him to make sure there's no poison? Well, I think that's the whole deal, right? Is that he thinks he's he's untouchable. That he, like, this woman that practically raised him is inviting him back to her house so that she can apologize. Right. Like, her whole world revolves around him yeah, like, kind of thing. Like, what, what would she possibly do on her entire world? I, I'm pretty sure that's how he feels about everyone. So, like... I, I don't think that he would even consider it, to be honest with you. Anyway, so... No, that makes sense. Yeah, but, like, it's really funny. There's First of all, there's a cactus in the shape of a llama behind Yzma, which I thought was funny. And then <laughs> there's this really funny line where he's, like, doing the poison thing in the cups, Kronk is, and uh, Kuzco's like, do you guys smell something burning? <laughs> Kronk is like, my shrimp puffs! And he's, like, running. Uh, he runs out to go to go look. Or spinach puffs. They're not shrimp puffs. Spinach puffs. He goes to go to go take care of it. He's so into cooking. It's it's great yeah. how into cooking Kronk is. And we see him yeah. get to do it later. Yzma's, Yzma caught herself a good one there. Yeah. He, he's, he's a keeper. <laughs> so this is the other scene of, of that moment where you should really be listening to the underside. Because, like... You, when this whole encounter is happening at the dinner scene, he's like, he's, he's talking underneath, and you can all you're paying attention to is Kuzco or not Kuzco, Kronk uh, and Isma, like having the interactions back and forth. And if you go back and just listen to Kuzco during this time, this entire dinner scene, he's just rambling on and on and on about how like crappy of a worker Isma was and how she's so old. It's hilarious. Just go back and listen, because I was like, dying she, laughing. He's just said, like, 30 times in a row how old she is. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> like, bunch of jokes. Because he's just riffing. Like, David Spade is just riffing underneath their uh, their track. It's it's really funny. Just go back and rewatch that scene. So, ultimately, he just gets bashed on the head. Like, I don't even know why you went to the trouble of trying to, to bring him to your home to poison him. And, like dine him so that he didn't know uh, or that he he was unsuspecting when all you're gonna do it in the end is just yeah. knock him unconscious like why why even yeah. go to the trouble of like make him unsuspecting 
Uh, you could have just smashed him with a hammer at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> like, why go to the like trouble? Like you were going to do with the flea. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so Kronk carries him out. He does the whole humming scene down the thing, like, and we meet two new characters. We meet two new characters, oh the God. shoulder angel and the shoulder devil. <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite two characters in the movie, little little Kronk devil and little Kronk angel. And their whole interaction is hilarious to me. The three of them, the three Kronks. They just bicker. There's no moral quandary here. They're not actually talking about anything. They just, <laughs> yeah. they just bicker. And so, like, uh, little angel Kronk is like, I, you know, I, you got to take the high road. Little devil Kronk's like, I'll tell you why you got to, you don't got to worry about it. Reason one, look at this guy. It's in a dress. Reason two, look what I can do. And he does, like, a, a one-handed handstand. And Kronk's like, I don't understand how that applies. And the angel's like, no, no, no. He's right. He's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I love their, the three of them. Add more Kronks to this movie. That's what this movie needs. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, they get back, we, we go to the other side. Pacha gets back, meets Chachi, or Ch- Chicha. Oh, well, Cusco gets, like, gets on Pacha's. Uh, yeah, falls in in the wheelbarrow. Cart. Meets Chachi back at home, and he's like, "Yeah, the, he didn't actually. He wasn't able to see me." And she's like, "What the hell? Like, I I don't understand." Uh, Chachi is a serious badass. She's like, not somebody you want to mess with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like Pacha is like kind of like kind of a little bit of a pushover. Chachi's like, no, fuck that. I'm going down there tomorrow. I'm gonna like <laughs> punch that guy in the face. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell him to listen to me. Yeah, it, and she's, I love this whole thing, like, she, she like, snorts, and she's like, I gotta go wash something. <laughs> I, that was a really funny line to me, but it's, it's strange to me. Like, why, why lie about this to her? You know what I mean? Like, they're gonna, like, tear down the house tomorrow. In, in less than 24 hours, they're gonna come to your house and tear it down, and... Like, how are you going to work around this? Like, what are you supposed to say tomorrow to your wife? He, he just goes, he puts Misty and the, the the wheelbarrow away. And he's like, oh, God, what am I going to do? You should have just told her the fucking truth. Like, <laughs> what, what are you going to do now? Yeah, I guess the only thing he can do, hope that the emperor got turned into a llama. And then have to escort him back home. Yeah. Yeah. And alas, that's that what happened. But before we get there... There's this great, like, pause scene, like, the, the the frames slow, like, we're watching an actual camera roll, the frames slow, and Cusco, Llama Cusco shows up and is like, just as a reminder, this movie's about me, not him. Me, and not him. And, like, scratches out his eyes and with a marker, and, like, circles, circles Llama Cusco. <laughs> and, like, it's just a really... A really so meta, just another meta moment of Cusco being Cusco. I love it. Yeah, but the funny thing is, I think the story really is more about Pacha. So, like, I I don't know. It's it's interesting to me that they were like pushing, or at least Cusco was pushing stories about me, stories about me, stories about me. But ultimately, I think the story is really about Pacha. I think it's about their relationship together and how happy they could be um, when they I'm work done. together. I'm done. No, no. Anyway, <laughs> frame speed back up. Demon llama! Demon llama! Llama face! <laughs> llama face! I have a llama face! <laughs> so there's a demon llama 
and Misty gets freaked out by it too. Misty's freaking out. Cusco thinks that Misty's the demon llama. Misty thinks that Cusco's the demon llama. It's just, it's a wacky time. So, Cusco. Pacha's like, Cusco's like, you gotta come, you gotta come take me home. Pacha's like, no, fuck that. No. Not unless you you build your house somewhere else. And Cusco's like, fuck that. I build my house wherever I want. I'm the fucking emperor. I do what I want. Uh, and so Cusco walks into the jungle alone, and he's like, la, 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 whatever. I'm not afraid. Yeah, because emperors are born with a natural sense of direction. And then he's a dick to a squirrel, <laughs> which is a bad idea. Yeah. And everybody knows that squirrels carry around balloons and needles. That's just common knowledge, man. And- so... When you're a dick to a squirrel next to a bunch of sleeping jaguars... That's it. That's how you die. <laughs> Moral of the story is, A, don't be a dick to a squirrel. B, don't be a dick to a squirrel, especially near sleeping jaguars. And C... Did you see the cute little baby jaguar? Oh my god. Like, it was just like a, a little kitten. It was meh! He sort of meowed at him angrily. Uh... <laughs> But, like, in, in the, the bursting of the balloon didn't wake them. I thought that was really funny. It was when he was like, ha-ha! You, should, you just should have left it alone. You had it. You won. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, Pacha saves the day. Yep. Uh, swings in and... Swings back out. Yep. They get, like, tied to a tree. And then the tree, like, falls. <laughs> and <laughs> the, and this you was, get this, like... This was the scene where, like... Rapid scene. Yeah, this was the scene where, like, when they were doing trailers for this movie... Because I remember the trailers. This was the scene where they, they did the whole trailer of, like, them going in the water tied to this log. And Cusco says this line, like... Or Pacha's like, uh-oh. Cusco's like, let me guess. About to go over a huge raging waterfall. And Pacha's like, yep. Cusco's like, sharp rocks at the bottom? Probably. Bring it on. And <laughs> then they go down the thing. That, that was like, I remember that from the trailer. Yeah. Back in 2000, it was okay to say booyah. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like, what, who... Who are you? Why what are you is doing? this a thing? <laughs> <laughs> so they go down this death waterfall. Yeah. Cusco is like totally out of it. They kiss. Yeah. CPR... With no longer says resuscitate breaths, but at the time you're allowed to do that. Yeah, for, yeah. For the record, guys, according to the Red Cross, you don't need to do rescue breaths anymore. You just have to do the the pushes. So yeah. you don't have to do rescue breaths for CPR anymore. But even so, like just save somebody's life. The the llama's mouth was like wide open, and he he like Pacha had like puckered lips, like he was going in for a kiss into like way down into the llama mouth. Because, like, the llama's mouth was literally wide open. Anyway, that, I don't know. That bothered me for some reason. <laughs> anyway, so they, they kiss, and there's this weird, like, small talk afterwards. And Cusco's, like, just, like, brushing him off. Like, I'm going to find my way. Don't worry about it. Pacha's like, I'm going to take you. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, you'll, you'll change later. And the next day, they do get it sorted, and... This is, like, an awesome, awkward conversation. Yeah, it, it really is, like, a morning-after conversation. That's warm. Did your wife make it? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's alpaca. Well, he's like, oh, it's soft. So this is this is actually a good moment to bring up. Uh, I have a friend. His name is Jack. Good friend of mine. Hi, Jack. Alpaca Jacka! Yeah, alpaca Jacka. He, uh, he actually raises alpacas. 
and has for his entire life. So I did get a, a little bit of a short interview from him. Not a recording, but I got him to, to write me out a couple paragraphs of, of little stuff here. So I'm just going to read this out. I, I basically asked him what it was like to raise alpacas and what the main difference is between alpacas and llamas are. So he said, Cusco was definitely a little bit llama looking, a bit scrawny, but I assume that comes from his being scrawny as a human. They took extreme license with the physical abilities of a llama, namely scaling cliffs back to back with Pacha. Uh, it should be noted to kids who want to raise such animals that they should expect less gymnastics and more spit. On that note... <laughs> There really isn't enough of that in the movie. Llamas are the grumpy old persons of the animal world and voice their displeasure by <laughs> hurling undigested grass at who at whoever or whatever is nearby. As far as raising alpacas go, they are smaller than llamas, 4.5 to 5 feet uh, versus llamas, which are uh, 6 to 7 feet, and they have much, much softer fur than llamas. They're often, or alpacas are usually termed cat-like, and usually run away from their problems rather than face them, unless trained as a guard alpaca. Which is a real thing. I actually looked that up. There are guard alpacas. Guard alpacas. I like that. And then... Uh, Can you give me one of them? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then he says, uh, Heck, going back to llamas, maybe that's why Cusco is kind of an asshole. He was feeling them llama hormones. <laughs> and then I asked, Do you... Do, do alpacas alpacas spit them and he said usually uh usually not they prefer to avoid and so that was his his spiel but like he said they're cats alpacas are cats and llamas are grumpy old people sure sure sure, sure. so that's that's jack that's really interesting yeah i'm glad we got that yeah and his one um his one thing for me for me reading that was that i have to go into great detail for him about the the cooking scene in the restaurant, but we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Cusco tries to kill uh, Pacha on the bridge. Pacha falls down the bridge, and Cusco's like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna let you die." Yeah, sorry, whatever. bud. <laughs> so, like, this is the thing that I like notice. Pacha is such a like easy to like. He is like he's very manipulative or man manipulative. Yeah, easy he's to really be manipulated. easy to manipulate. Because he's such a good person. Yeah. Like, he just, like, wants to believe people are good. Well, like... At the end of this we scene, saw. Yeah, we saw back... I want, I'll, I'll let you finish in a second. They, when we saw back there, where they were having that awkward small talk, and Cusco was like, I, I'll, I'll save your house, whatever. That's fine. Pacha was really, really skeptical. Like, he was staring him down angrily and, like, shake on it. I won't believe you unless you shake on it. And then, he, like, Cusco looks intimidated. He's like, oh shit, like, this is real. And Pacha is like, don't shake unless you mean it. Because if you shake, that's it. Like, that's, in Pacha's eyes, that's, that means everything. That means you will do this. And as soon as Cusco shakes, Pacha's demeanor changes entirely. He's, like, happy. He's like, yeah, let's go do it. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, you're it's right. It's like, it's really crazy. He's such a good person. Like, at the end of this, like, first of all, if he had just let, like, the emperor die in the jungle instead of go and save him from the jaguars. Like this movie would be over and Pacha would still have his home. Yeah. It's just over. It's just over. Not only that, he gets like, Cusco tries to kill this guy and Pacha again is like, I'm going to take you home. And Cusco says, I'm going to tear down your house and make you leave. And Pacha's still like, I'm face. going to carry you to the diner. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's crazy how giving of a person, like how how like morally good this person is. Yeah, and so there's nothing really to say about this scene other than like I I will say that the thing about the bridge scene is it, it really bothered me that these rope harnesses came out of somewhere, like the <laughs> the, the floorboard breaks and then somehow potches in a rope harness dangling from the thing. Josh and I have done our share of knot tying. I don't know where that much no, rope like, came where, from, Josh. Was it just wrapped <laughs> around the thing so that when it did break, there would be, like, a harness down there? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I don't know how this bridge was <laughs> Definitely constructed. Definitely not that much rope. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, that was just a little thing. And then it happened again on another board that there were two rope harnesses that went all the way down to, like, the base of this, the rock down there. Uh, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, Cusco ends up saving Pacha. Nobody's that heartless, yada, yada, yada. We do see on the other side, Kronk is like, yeah, he's not as dead as I, as we would have hoped. He's not as dead as I would have hoped. <laughs> we missed that great eulogy scene where, yeah, like... There's a great eulogy. Uh, Yzma, gave, Yzma gave a beautiful eulogy uh, that's, like, three minutes long, and, and Cusco's the, uh, Kronk's the only one crying, and then, like... Everybody just like throws away their like black veils and start repainting the whole building in like a day. <laughs> yep. Nobody cares. That like it's it's crazy how fast they move on. They're just it's yeah. been less than twenty four hours. Cusco doesn't matter anymore. It's Isma's temple now. Yeah. And so that's strange. It's crazy. But so we move on. That Kronk and Isma have to go find him. So they do. They go go looking. There's this whole thing where it's like a movie that we see Kronk as like this Boy Scout character when when they're out looking and this this is really exciting for me because there's not a lot of boy scout movies in disney you know there's like this one up and then there's follow me boys which is follow me yes boys follow me boys pick them up put them down follow me and so, not a great movie no it's it's pretty bad <laughs> but it is a disney movie go watch it <laughs> and uh you'll know because it's like three and a half hours of boring uh <laughs> so yeah it, you know it's it's good to see boy scout representation both tony and i are eagle scouts so i, I really love this side of Kronk. He he's definitely a keeper this whole like talking to, to animals he's fluent in every animal language do you speak uh speak any animal languages josh i can speak turtle oh yeah yeah it's say something in turtle it's mostly like blub 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I can speak. Uh, I can speak horse as well, and that one's that one's sort of like Wilbur. <laughs> uh, those are the only ones I know, though. Cool, cool. Yeah. Do you do you speak any animal languages? I can speak to my cats. Sometimes I put my face on my cat's tummy and I purr and I go, <laughs> and when I do that. Inevitably, because I'm purring on my cat, my cat starts purring, too. Oh, yeah? Does your cat just let you put her your face on her? Yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when she's laying down, sometimes I'll just, like, sit down on the floor next to her and lay my head on her on her tummy. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Anyway, back to the, the show. <laughs> so, there... There's this great scene. This the other like my second favorite scene of this movie because the first one was that dinner scene when they were all together or the, and Cusco gets poisoned. But this one is probably my second favorite scene in this movie, and that's the the restaurant. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that scene. There's like 
there's like cross dressing. There's like Kronk being the chef. There's oh like Isma and Cusco being super picky eaters. There's just there's so like much going on. Pacha trying to like be the go between. Yeah, it's so good. And, and so like the great thing about this scene is before, but I want to before we even go there, I want to say this uh, probably my favorite adult joke of this movie. Or actually, no, I'll save that because I have another one. Okay. <laughs> but this, my second favorite adult joke of this movie is when Cusco is walking to the kitchen dressed in his lady outfit and like waddling to the kitchen. The guy at the bar sort of like looks over at Pacha and is like, yeah, like gives him a thumbs up, like, yeah. <laughs> and Pacha's like, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this whole scene, I got, I love it so much. There's, like, this whole, I guess, cartoonish style of, like, or, like, old, I guess, I'm, I'm thinking more, like, Three Stooges style of, of. Thing. Like, more like Scooby-Doo. It's, like, Yeah, may, maybe more Scooby-Doo. But, like. With, like, uh. This very, like. like a timing slapstick. Yeah, the, the whole timing shtick of, like, you've got, both of them just happen to be in the same restaurant at the same time. And then when. Kronk goes to the kitchen and starts working in the kitchen. We see Cusco go in and say something, and then Isma go in and say something, and they're just barely missing each other both times. And they're like going around and around and around, and they're both saying something and just barely missing each other. And then when they both go back to their booths, you know, like uh, Isma will put up her her menu and look at it while Cusco's is down, and then Cusco will throw up his menu and Isma will put hers down as if to look around and then they'll switch back and forth like that. And it's just, it's so, so amazingly coincidental that they just happen to do it at the same time that they can't see each other. Yeah. It's really funny. I just, I love, I love that. this scene. I love that. And then they sing the happy birthday song. The happy, happy birthday. <laughs> and Kronk's like, you didn't tell me it was your birthday. <laughs> And Every time Kronk gets to cook, it's a great scene. It is because I, I think that Kronk really was made for this. Kronk, Kronk needs to be a chef because the guy is so good at it. He takes it so seriously. I I love it. I love Kronk as a cook. Anyway, so it's very good. I love that scene. They leave just in time while they're being distracted by uh, Happy Birthday song, and they you know Cusco's like I. Is that them back there? Is that that Yzma and Kronk? Oh, screw you! I don't need you anymore. I'm just gonna go back to them. And, and Kronk's like, "No, I heard them Pacha, say they were gonna yeah. kill you." Pacha. Pacha's like, "Yeah, you can't do that. I know that they're trying to kill you. Everybody's already forgotten about you." And Cusco's pride is getting to him. Uh, like, he, I, I think what I I draw from this movie is that like, as a human in human form, he's very egotistical. When he's a llama, he has to be humble. He's forced to be humble. And we see this moment of like, oh, I can be human again. And him going back to being egotistical. Like, she needs me. I'm her everything. Why would she want to kill me now? She's obviously looking for me. And so he ends up, or Pacha leaves, whatever. He doesn't care anymore. And Cusco hears them saying, we've got to find him and kill him. And Cusco has to go looking for Pacha now. And there's this great scene of... This is like where the narrator catches up with yeah, uh... Cusco. And yeah, and Cusco's sitting in the rain and he's like, you know, I don't really need you right now, narrator Cusco. You're being a dick. And narrator Cusco's yeah. like, fine, whatever. You're being a dick. <laughs> uh, and so we're all caught up. We've come up to the present. Cusco goes and eats some grass in a field, which is the first time we've seen him like eat anything. 
as a llama. <laughs> and so he's got this really disgusting mound of dirt. Doesn't know how to eat grass. They get reunited. Yay! Uh, Pacha still has faith in him. There's this like great sleeping cronk scene where he like is sleeping in this tiny tent that only covers his penis. <laughs> yeah, Pitch, uh. pitching a tent. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really funny. That's that's a pretty good adult joke, but it's not my favorite. We'll get there. <laughs> they so. They, but anyway, Kronk knows yeah. that Pacha where Pacha lives, so he's got to go to Pacha's house. Yeah, and so they uh, they go there and Chicha. Is like, who are you again? Yeah, I'm Pacha's great aunt or whatever. And the kids do like tw- great, 23 great, greats. Great, yeah. Great, 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 great aunt. Uh, <laughs> and all the while, uh, Cusco and Pacha are finding a way out. Kind of, they're, they're trying to find a way to, to keep those two occupied and get back to the, the temple. Yeah. And I gotta say, just another reason to love Kronk. Kronk is in his element with these kids. <laughs> like, he's just having a blast. <laughs> yeah, like, this is really great because Yzma gets, like, tarred and feathered by this family. By the way, this family is, like, a super badass family. They, If if the family had come along with Cusco and Pacha, yeah. this movie, like, we would have no problems. Yeah. <laughs> they just handled her. <laughs> she, uh, so they, like, tie, yeah. tar and feather uh, Yzma, and meanwhile, Kronk is like, well, I had fun. <laughs> we should Let's do not that wait again. until next. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's not wait until the next family reunion to get back together. That's a pretty good Patrick <laughs> Warburton, Tony. Thank you. That was that was really it. really good. Good work. I've been working on it. Two take Tony. That's what they call me. Yeah. <laughs> they call it, yeah they call you two take Tony. That's I don't know a single person that doesn't call you that Tony. Two take Tony. <laughs> uh, so they, they leave and there's this great like another Muppet kind of thing with like the, the lines on the, the road. Yeah. And like, the map, the map scene, scene and like doing twists and turns around the map. And it's very, that's another very Muppet thing to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we get there. We, we move along. Kronk and Yzma fall down that big cliff after being shot down by lightning and they die. That's it. They're gone. Yep. <laughs> and then, why does she even have that lever? Yeah, why does she even have that lever? They get the wrong, um, wrong things on the wrong uh, lab coats, but they still have five because that's part of the rules of going down that slide. <laughs> and so they quickly get out of the robes and goggles, and now they're they're just breaking lab etiquette. You know, that's that's lab etiquette one hundred and one. <sighs> So anyway, they go to Also animals are for sure not allowed in labs unless they are like in cage whatever. Yeah. It's uh, uh he he's a people. It's fine. He's a people. Yeah, he's a people. <laughs> so they they go, they find the the human vial. I don't know why she's only got one. She's got like six of each other one. Why does she only have one human one? What is she using the human vials for? You know? Is she like using them well, on animals? Right. <laughs> so you would think that oh that'd be weird. You would think that like for every one of the like animals that like if I turn you into a bug, you're probably gonna want to come back into yeah. a human. You should have so, the like, surplus of human ones. You should have more human than, than animals. Yes. For animal stuff for sure. Yeah, like why only have one? I, I, that's my theory is that she's like turning ladybugs into people, and they don't have like speech skills or anything. They're just like like moving around trying to flap their arms like wings um, and like finding uh finding flowers and stuff and just like <laughs> just laying licking them. just a, a fully grown uh, person uh, uh. 
That's what I imagine she's been using the, the human ones for. Anyway, so she's only got the one human one. They find it. And then there's this great moment, my favorite, this is the adult joke of the week in my opinion, where she's like, I bet you weren't expecting this. And she like lifts up her skirt. Oh and God. No, no. And then she's like, she lifts it just a little bit further and they see a dagger and they're like, oh, oh good. Oh, thank God. You're just going <laughs> to try to kill me. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, we, they, they actually she were She throws the dagger that. to Kronk. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, she throws the she dagger. Throws to the dagger to Kronk, and Kronk's like, "I'm not sure if I'm gonna kill him or not." <laughs> uh, and like the the devil and the angels show up again, and he's just like talking to them. <laughs> he's just having a full conversation. He's like bringing them up to speed. Like, well, we all got back to the lab together, and then uh, Isma <laughs> lifted her skirt, and they were like, "No!" And then she was like, "Yes, it's a dagger." And they were like, oh, cool, that's no problem. We were expecting that. And then she tossed me this dagger and wants me to kill him. And I don't know if I should do that. What do you guys think? <laughs> it's so good. And the other guys are like, what the hell's wrong with him? Like, is, what, is he okay? Does he do this a lot? He's like... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and so Yzma's like flipping shit. She's like, I don't know why I trusted you with this. Also, I don't like your spinach puffs. <gasps> He's, like, on the verge of crying. <laughs> and, and little devil Kronk is like, lock in, man. That's it. <laughs> and uh, so it's good. They, I, we, anytime we get more Kronks, I'm happy. He, <laughs> he drops the thing on her, and it doesn't kill her. Hey, quick aside. Have you ever actually seen the, uh, the sequel, the Kronk, the Kronk yeah, sequel? Yeah, Kronk's New Groove. I did. I've not seen it. Is it worthwhile? Oh my god, it's so good. So much Patrick Warburton. Okay, and a lot I'll watch of, it. I'll make a point to watch it. Yeah, and a lot of disco. There's so much disco, dude. Okay, I'll make a point to watch it. Yeah, it's funny. It's not as good. Like, it's a Disney sequel, but it's still really funny. Like, anything that Patrick Warburton does, whatever. It doesn't matter if it's like... <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, it doesn't work. And uh, she pulls a little lever... A useful lever in this case, but it only works on that one square that Kronk is standing on. Why was Kronk standing there? I don't know. He should have known. Yeah, he, he probably built it. <laughs> it should have. It should be marked. Honestly, it should have like a little X over it that says, "If you stand here, I can put you out outside into the sewers or whatever." <laughs> and so he gets. He, what are the odds that would have led here? <laughs> Just somehow he managed to get back up, up from where they were. He's like up on top of the thing. Just outside. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so Yzma is now one henchman short, and Pacha is much bigger than Yzma, so she calls the guards, and uh, and Pacha turns all the guards, in, she, he just, like, turns over the table of poisons, and everybody turns into a different animal. Yeah, so it, that's the other method that this can be done, is you can throw them and break them, and if they splash Rather on your skin, yeah, if they splash on you, too, then, then you also turn into the animal. But can you imagine... If, like, you got splashed by more than one vial at the same time, would you be, like, a an octopus-cow hybrid? Do we believe that essence of animal is just their blood? Because then if you just, like, are cutting up, like, cow meat, you turn into a cow. I don't know how she does it. Is she magic? Is she a sorceress? <laughs> I don't know. It must be sorcery. She I, must be a sorceress. That must be it. I think so. Uh, yeah. Okay, whatever. She's a sorceress. That's fine. So, anyway... But still, like, if, if you can just break them, 
you'd think that those people would turn into multiple animals at the same time. Yeah. The one guy. One of them gets turned into a cow. He's like, he's like I got turned into a cow. Can I go home? You are excused. <laughs> Would anybody else? And everybody like else is like, the guy who's like an octopus is like, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. I'm ready to fight. Yeah, let's do it. I'm an octopus <laughs> now. <laughs> and the other thing. Like, they take it in stride. Yeah. Like, they were once human for their entire lives. Doesn't matter now. They become different animals, <laughs> and they're just like, whatever. Yep. Let's keep going. <laughs> That's it now. I'm just going to be an octopus now. Unlike. Uh, unlike Demon Llama, Demon Llama, I'm a llama! Ah, llama face! <laughs> uh, it's not like that at all. There's no octopus. Yeah. Octopus demon here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do love, I love that uh, octopus guy just happened to have three axes in like, on his person when he turned into an octopus. <laughs> oh no, he was ready. Yeah. He's he's wanted extra arms his whole life. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> this was like his whole deal. He was ready for this. He was <laughs> born to be an octopus. This whole time, he was secretly an octopus in a man's body. Oh, do you think he actually used to be an octopus and Yzma turned him into a human and that's why he's like not that worried about he's, it? Yeah, he just doesn't care. Because maybe all the guards are where Yzma used the human liquid. Yeah. Yeah. Yzma found like an octopus and was like, you're a human now. You work for me. <laughs> and the octopus guy was like, okay. Cool. <laughs> and then she has to train them to be guards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it. That's that's what we're going with. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, they follow him. <laughs> uh, they follow them down and like Cusco's turning into a bunch of different animals. It's great. It's fun. And then finally, somehow along the way, Yzma turns into a, a tiny little cat. And um, she's so cute. And is that my voice? Is that, is that my voice? <laughs> yep, it is. And then, yeah, they, they do the whole thing. Just there happened to be a trampoline guy down at the bottom of there. Yeah, so Yzma, like, throws the... She throws the human... She gets the human vial first. Yeah. She throws it, and, like, it goes off the edge, obviously. Yeah, it, or she, uh, she like, so bounces she go, it. She, she tries to bounce it on the ground to open it. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes off the edge, and so she jumps after it immediately, which is crazy because they're like thousands of feet. Yeah, out. she's just dead. But luckily, there's a trampoline at the bottom that the trampoline guy has taken hours to set up. Yep. And the other guy's like, and the guys, we didn't order a trampoline here. What are you doing with this trampoline here? I'm just doing my job. I put this trampoline here. I got an order for this trampoline. I had to put it somewhere. Are, are they both <laughs> from Boston? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and, so, and so this poor... And, you know, like, what business does a trampoline guy get, really? Like, how are you going to take this away from him? Why didn't you tell him when he was first setting it up, you know? Yeah. And, that, like, that yeah. poor guy. I, I don't know. T- taking jobs like away Cusco, from small like, business Cusco owners. probably does order trampolines all the time, right? Sure. Yeah. He, he's, he's only 18. Whatever. Yeah, he probably has a ton of trampolines, actually. <laughs> anyway... So uh, she just happens to land on this trampoline, and the thing goes up, and she catches it, and then it goes. They have to do like the back against their back thing again, and she gets to it first. But luckily, Kronk's exit is there. Oh, actually, there was one really funny thing that we missed <laughs> when when Isma's like, "Go after them!" When they go down the little the snot shoot, go after them, and the guy, the guards are just like, "Well, we all gotta die sometime." <laughs> and they're like, yeah! and then they all die. 
we, we, we all die sometime. Come on, man. Nobody lives forever. <laughs> no. Yeah. Let's die right now. <laughs> yeah, no they problem. And then they just uh, they just die. So God, nobody lives forever. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was really so Cusco. They're really funny. So Cusco and Pacha get to the vial through the power of friendship. Yeah, and, uh, and teamwork. And teamwork and love and everything. And now. Cusco's like a good person and drinks the vial and says, I'll see you on the other side. And then we have a big old time shift and they're they're good. And there wasn't any singing on those mountains. No, there wasn't. There sh- it, that was You were lying to me. Yeah. I'm going to have you beheaded because you lied. <laughs> and that's how the movie ends. With Pacha being beheaded. Game of Thrones style. They're lying about singing mountains. <laughs> uh, Cusco has friends now. He has like... The whole family, yeah, and, plus and, him. and little old man uh, Piglet is is there, and he's like, "That's not the first time I've been thrown out of a window. Don't worry about it." I'm a rebel. <laughs> I like have this imagination that Piglet Man is uh, like like part of like the the socialist resistance. And, yeah, like, like he's been like fighting the what emperor. Are you, what are you for, doing like, to get thrown out of windows constantly? <laughs> like what? He's just like. He's, he's an old man that loves to stir up trouble. That's what he loves to do. <laughs> the groove. <laughs> the groove. I'm going to go out of my way to throw him off his groove today <laughs> so I can be thrown out a window. It's, it's who I am. It's what I love. It's what I... Uh... <laughs> if you could pay me to do it, I would. Uh... <laughs> um... he, says, he says, it won't be the last time I get thrown out of a window either. <laughs> yeah. Now that it's not about the groove anymore, I'll find something else to piss you off so you can throw me out some windows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Cronk uh, is a scout leader. Yeah. He's like, squeakity squeak, uh, squeak it. Do you have my acorn? <laughs> squeak, squeakity, squeak, squeak, squeak it. Uh, you owe me a new acorn. <laughs> and Yzma didn't die. She's just a cat. Yeah, she, she's a cat now. This is what you get for not prepping more human bottles. Like, that's on you. Yeah, yeah. you can only be a human now. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> All you had to do is prep um, more human bottles. The only other thing I have, Josh, is this, like, ending song is super out of place. Did you listen to the ending song? Yeah, it's like this sweet, slow song where it's like... Friends forever, such great friends. <laughs> so weird. It, yeah, it's very out um, of place. It's like super out of place. It doesn't match with the, like the sound of the rest of the movie. It, like doesn't really fit in with like the tone of the rest of the yeah. movie. You know what would have helped if Sting would have sung it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think it would have. Yeah, I, think I actually listened to like all the words, so. and it's like just going through like the events of the movie. It's like, and then they climbed out of the ravine by helping each other out. It's like super weird. They're best <laughs> friends now, and the girl gets tarred and feathered. Well, the good other friends, <laughs> the best friends. <laughs> <laughs> One of them's oh, a llama, but they're best friends. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's the movie, guys. <laughs> I hope you like that's how we're ending it. Uh, um, so uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you've saved to this point, we appreciate it. We, uh, we will be putting out, uh, going back to the weekly schedule, hopefully this one took a little bit longer than we were expecting. But we appreciate you guys listening. And I do want to say that we're going to get back to having a few guests in the near future as well. So that's coming up soon. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Front Porch Disney. Go follow us there. You can find us on iTunes. Make sure you leave a review and subscribe and a rating and all that stuff because that really, really helps to boost our numbers. Uh, we don't do any paid advertising or anything. So everything you do there really, really helps. The, the other thing is tell a friend. If you uh, go to Instagram and use hashtag Front Porch Talks or, uh, or Twitter or Facebook, uh, use uh, hashtag Front Porch Talks. And, you know, if you want to just say great job on the show or if you have something that you want to add to the conversation, we'd be happy to, to mention you in our next episode and include your comment because that's what we, we want to do. We want to incorporate you guys into the community. And lastly, you can find our individual Twitters. Mine is at Front Porch Josh. Mine's at Front Porch Tony. Right. And feel free to message us on Facebook. Join the Facebook page. Uh, that's where we put all, all the new stuff for, for new episodes. Like our Yzma and Kronk porn. Yeah. Uh, that's probably not going to be up there. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and don't send us fan art, please. I don't want to see it. <laughs> and definitely send me fan art. I will send it to Josh. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. if you want to send it to Tony, by all means. Actually, <laughs> send Tony constant fan art of Kronk <laughs> and Yzma sex. Uh, I, I want his, his inbox to be full of Kronk and Yzma sex. <laughs> so with that, I believe that's all. Oh, check out some other podcasts. We've got a couple of friends that we, we want to shout out. We've got uh, the Color Me Dead podcast. It's a true crime comedy kind of thing with uh, Ember and Angel. Go check them out. The Tales from the Fandom podcast. Go check them out as well. It's kind of a fandom-based podcast. And then Oh No Lit Class is another one where they do kind of a book review of books, of like high school reading list books. And hopefully Tony and I will be doing some guest hosting on all one of those, if not all of those, uh, here in the near future. So we'll, we'll let you know more information on those as they come up. Tony, you got anything else? That's all I got. All right. Do you know what we're going to do next week? No. How about the Muppets? Mainly because... Oh, man. I actually think they're... they're you just want to watch, you just I love watch the, Muppets, the Muppets, man. I love it. <laughs> I love the Muppets, too. But I think, like, truthfully, I don't know. I don't know. We can do the new Muppets movie. That's what I meant. Like, the, I meant the, the I, Jason Seagal. Oh, okay, yeah. We'll do the Jason Seagal movie, but the old one is not really even associated with Disney. The new one, the new one, Jason Seagal movie is like, like Disney helped make it. Yeah. So I have no problem with that. That's what I meant. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's fine with me. Okay, we can do that. All right, so that's everything. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. And if you have any ideas for what you want us to do next, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Tony, sing us out. Do it. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't no, have that's, you. No, that's the wrong movie, but I'll take it. Thanks so much, guys. Oh, how I love to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you
Hey guys, it's Ember and Angel from the Color Me Dead podcast, and you've been listening to On the Front Porch with us. Man, were those guys funny. Or at least that's what they told us to say. <laughs> they are pretty funny, though. They are. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Adam Nutter. And this is Greg Trout. Come check out our podcast, Nerds with Words. Adam and I talk about pop culture, comedy, comic books, movies, conspiracies. We're both comedians and we might make you laugh. Every week we welcome a guest from the entire spectrum of pop culture and science and comedy. You can follow us on Twitter at NerdsWithWords1.